If you want to do anything in your life, say now and we'll do it. But don't you dare lay on your deathbed and say, I wish. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hey, welcome back to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast and episode number 52 with just me. I promised in the last couple of episodes that I would do a few episodes on my own. And the main reason for that was I really wanted to tell you about what's been happening. Uh, I did say in the last two episodes that they were massively delayed, um, massively, like months delayed from the actual initial recording. And I wanted to explain a little bit why that's happened and what's what's changed in me, what's changed in my life, how I'm viewing the world, how my, how my nutrition has changed, how my training has changed. And I wanted to share all of that with you really in, in the hope that you might take a few little nuggets from it and it might improve your own health as well. Over the last sort of six months, I think I've definitely become a lot more spiritual than I ever was before. I've allowed myself to become much more vulnerable, particularly with those really close to me. I've opened up and, and shared things that I would never have shared before. I'd never even dream of sharing before. And with that, I've become very open and, and very honest. And it's it's changed my relationships in, in every aspect of my life, whether that be my, my close personal relationships or even relationships with shopkeepers and, and garage attendants and people I walk past in the street and my clients. It's changed everything about me because people are starting to see what's really under my skin. They're starting to see the real me. And although it was a bit terrifying to begin with, sharing all these all these stories and, and maybe the, the sides of me that maybe I'm not so keen on, you know, the, the areas of your life that you know you're not happy with yourself, so you don't really want to let other people see them. But the more I've let other people see them, the closer people have, have got to me, more people have connected to me, and I think more people enjoy my company and, and love me more as a result. I've also found a lot more time to think about the earth, what damage we're doing to it, how we treat the earth, how we treat others, um, animals particularly, the, the cruelty to animals, and, and just our general modern life, really, and the disregard that we have for for others and, and for the planet and, and for animals. And it's really made me take a step back and think about how I want to run my own life and how in many years to come when I'm no longer on this planet how I'd like to be remembered and how I'd like to look back on my own life with pride rather than disappointment of the way that I may have treated myself, the planet, others, animals. I want to look back and think that, not to think, to know that I have done the best I possibly can for everyone I know and for the planet I'm living on as well. One of the ways that I've chosen to do this is by going back to basics as much as I possibly can. Trying to go back to a basic diet. Almost almost a hunter-gatherer diet. You know, we, we hear about the paleo diet. It's very, very similar to that. Trying to go back to foods that are, well, as you know, as you've listened to previous podcasts, I, I eat a very 
small amount of processed food, no more than 10% in my diet, and I encourage everyone to cut processed food out. I'm trying to go even a little bit further and go really, really back to basics. I've cut out dairy, I've cut out grains and wheats, and I've gone back to a real honest, simple diet. And I've, I've tried to lose the structure as well of, of eating three to five times a day. Um, I'm trying to eat when I want to eat. I'm trying to eat more mindfully. I'm trying to sit down and take my time and enjoy my food and enjoy the surroundings that I'm eating the food in and really just connect with with everything that I'm doing in life and having having a real purpose about everything I do in life as well. And it's not just the diet that I'm trying to take back to basics, it's my lifestyle as well. I'm trying to cut out as many materialistic things in my life as I possibly can. Uh, running an online business, obviously the laptop's needed. I'm sitting here in front of a very expensive microphone and a laptop to record this podcast. I've got an iPhone sitting down on the floor beside me. But I'm choosing how I use these items in my life. Instead of having them run my life like they previously have done, I've chosen with the with the phone, for example, to turn off notifications. I keep my I keep it back to basics. I, I use it for a text device and a phone device, but I turned off all notifications for social media, for email, for all the apps. Instead of them dictating to me when I pick my phone up and when I answer my phone, I choose when I go into social media. I choose what I look at and when I look at it. That one thing alone has been a massive change for me. It started with just a digital detox one Sunday with me and my partner, and I just come away from the end of that Sunday and. I think it was like 10 till 6 we'd done this digital detox and I thought I'd be climbing the walls. I thought by 6 o'clock I'd be itching to switch my phone and see what's going on in the world and I really wasn't. I got to 6 o'clock and I thought I, I just don't feel, I've really enjoyed this last 8 hours. I <laughs> Peace and quiet. I don't feel the need to switch my phone back on and that was a big shift for me and I've kept my notifications off ever since then and it's really improved the quality of my life and with that I connect with nature more. When when the phone's off, I find I'm outside more, I'm walking my dog more, and I'm more mindful, I'm spending more time more, I'm more present, if you like, with with, with my dog when I'm on the dog walk, connecting to nature more, I'm enjoying the scenery, I'm enjoying the sounds, the smells, instead of having my head buried in my phone, I find that I'm walking barefoot more and, and really connecting to the earth beneath my feet. And although I've always done these things, I've found that now I'm more conscious of the fact that I'm doing them, I wasn't doing them enough before. This going back to basics, cutting out the things in my life that were bringing me stress, all the blue light that was coming into my body, I've eradicated all of that, and it's made a big difference. I feel calmer now. I feel happier, more open, even less stressed than I did before, and I'm even more connected to the people around me. Particularly after I turned 40 a couple of months ago, I really want to make the most out of life. I want us all to make the most out of lives and that's the, the sole reason for doing these solo podcast episodes is to share things that hopefully can help you make the most out of your life. Whether you're 20, 30, 40 or 80, let's make the most of the time we've got left on this planet. But it's scary. It's scary to cut things back. We're so used to and we're so conditioned to a certain way of life, this modern way, this this millennial way, if you like, of how we should live our life and changing and going back to basics is a scary prospect. And it's scary because nobody else is doing it or very few people are doing it. And the more of us who do it, the better we'll feel, the happier we'll feel, the better relationships we'll have, more love we'll share, and the world will be a much better place. But it's a scary change. 
And if I can give you one bit of advice today on this podcast, it's this. Embrace the fear. I want you to imagine a situation now. I want you to imagine years from now, you're laying on your deathbed. And around you stands a plethora of ghosts. Each one of these ghosts represents one of your goals, your dreams or your visions. And these ghosts are angry. They lean over your bed and they say to you, you had the choice and the ability to bring us to life. Yet you let your fear of change, your fear of failure hold you back. Now we stand here and have to die with you having never have lived our lives. Embrace the fear. My dad has always said to my mum, don't lay on your deathbed and say, I wish we had done this, or I wish we had done that, or I wish we had gone there and seen this. If you want to do anything in your life, say now and we'll do it. But don't you dare lay on your deathbed and say, I wish. So what holds you back from living your dreams, reaching your goals and creating your vision? Is it the fear of change, fear of failure? Is it money, family ties maybe, loneliness or even ideas of what to do? For me, it's always been heights and snakes. Snakes on a plane was definitely not something I could ever sit through and still haven't. Embrace the fear. A few months ago, I went to Paris. And from the moment I booked the tickets, I knew I had to climb the Eiffel Tower. I knew it was 300 meters. I knew that was higher than anything I'd ever gone up before without being in an aeroplane. But I knew I had to do it. I also knew that my partner would be with me. And being scared of heights is not really a macho thing to admit to. So you try to hide the fear. She knew I didn't like heights, and she knew I was a bit nervous about doing it, but she had no clue to the degree of my fear. The day before the climb up the tower, I was really confident. I was telling everyone what I was going to do. I was on social media posting about how tomorrow I'm going to climb the Eiffel Tower and how I'm going to conquer my fear. And I was a little bit blasé about how I would actually feel on the day. Then you wake up on the morning of the climb, And suddenly you feel a bit different. Suddenly it's not happening tomorrow. Suddenly it's happening in the next couple of hours. And you have this this feeling come over you, this, this fear, this nervousness. Your stomach gets really light and fluffy and and you don't want to eat. And you sit there and you eat your breakfast. And again, you're trying to hide the fear from your partner. So you get your way through your breakfast, but you, you don't really want it. You don't really want to eat. You feel a bit sick. And, and you just know you're counting down the minutes or the hours because I know when I finish breakfast, I'm going to I'm gonna get changed. And then we're going to walk out of the apartment and we're going to get on the train. We're going to get on the metro to the Eiffel Tower. And the minute we step out of the tube station at the Eiffel Tower, we're there. The tower's there and I'm going to have to climb it. And because of everything I've said the day before, because I've told everyone I'm doing this, there's this added pressure of me to do it. So if you don't know, the tower is split into three levels. So the first level, the first floor, is 50 meters high. The second one 
second floor is 100 meters high and then the third floor is 300 meters high and you can walk up to the first two floors which is what I chose to do so you walk up to the first floor it's 50 meters and in my head I'm thinking I can walk if I don't like it I can turn around if I get the lift I'm just I'm in the lift at zero meters and I'm getting out at 300 meters and that's a massive massive difference in height so I think if I go up one step at a time I can kind of acclimatize to it and I can turn around if I need to um, and I can take my time I can stop on a couple of steps and do my shoelaces up and things like that and you can you can get through it a lot easier than just going from zero to 300 meters so we get to the first floor and to me although this was 50 meters high this was the scariest floor for some unknown reason it had a really wide base it was incredibly sturdy there was no movement no wind and it was absolutely fine yeah I was terrified on the first floor we stopped we had a coffee we had a croissant we we sat right in the middle of the floor where I felt safest um, we were probably up there for about an hour and then right towards the end we went and sat by some chairs near, near the edge and, and that took me a little while to get used to the view and get used to the height and looking down a little bit. Eventually, I said, come on, let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll walk up the stairs to the second floor because again, in my head, it's, it's just stairs. It's absolutely fine. So we, we do the next 50 meters. We go up to the 100 meter high floor, uh, which is level two. And I feel a little bit better, but there's this fear now that comes over me, which is, the lifts are on this floor. From this point on, my next step is the top of the Eiffel Tower. It's 300 meters high. And I'm only at 100 now, and the view is is, is pretty daunting for me. I'm, I'm a bit scared at this point, and, and I have a lot of fear about going up in the lift. And it took a long while. There wasn't really much to do. I think there were some toilets on this floor, a few gift shops. So we, we both went to the toilet. We walked around the gift shops. And... I was dragging my feet. I didn't want to go in the lift. There was hardly any queue for the lift as well. So the minute we got in the queue, we were pretty much in the lift and we was going up. After walking round this floor, what seemed like a hundred times, we would get to the lift and I think, right, now's the time. And I, th I look at the lift door and I think, now we'll just do, we'll just do one more lap around this floor. We'll just go round again. I'm, I'm not quite ready to go in the lift yet. And it took me ages to get in the lift until just, just after one lap, I just thought to myself, do you know what? We just need to do this. Let's go. So I dragged Hayley and was like, come on, we're going in the lift now. She was absolutely fine. Not, not a problem for her at all. So we get in the lift and I'm just telling myself, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'm, I'm sweating a little bit now. I'm, I am nervous. I'm probably talking a little bit too much because that's what I do when I get nervous. And we get in the lift. And strangely, when I first get in the lift, I'm I'm reasonably okay. And I'm I'm looking up and you're surrounded by by the Eiffel Tower. So you can't see out anyway. There's nothing to see when you're in the lift at this point. So it's just it could be any lift. It could be the lift at John Lewis. It doesn't matter. Then we start to go up, and you must go maybe 10 or 15 meters, and all of a sudden. The structure of the Eiffel Tower clears and you can see out and it's a glass lift. And I did not want to look out of this lift. I looked at the floor. I, I listened to other people's conversations in the lift. 
and I just did not want to contemplate what it was going to be like getting out of the top of this lift. I was terrified at this point. And then after what must be like 30, 45 seconds, the lift arrives and we get out. And then something strange happens. Then I got out and I felt, I felt fine. I expected the Eiffel Tower to be swaying just a little bit in the wind. There'd be a little bit of movement there and I thought, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to feel really unsteady on my feet. But the moment I got out of that lift, I felt fine. And I saw the views and it was amazing. The views were beautiful. It was a lovely day. You could see for miles. And suddenly I just walked up to the edge and looked out over the, over the, over the side of the Eiffel Tower and looked out into the distance and I felt absolutely fine. I started to walk around the top of the Eiffel Tower. Started, what can we see from this direction? What can we see from that direction? And compare that to the man who was on the, on the first floor, 50 metres up, who wouldn't let go of the handrail. Now I'm at the very top of the Eiffel Tower, full of confidence, enjoying the view, enjoying the company. There's people getting drinks up there and I'm recording Facebook Lives for everyone to show that I'm up the top of the top of the tower and I'm taking pictures and we're taking selfies and and I'm loving it and it's it's one of the best experiences of my life and and I'm standing up there wondering why the hell I was nervous in the first place it's taken me four hours to get from the base of the Eiffel Tower to the top when it could probably take me 15 minutes so why has it taken me four hours why have I wasted that four hours on the first floor, on the second floor of going up the stairs, tying my shoelaces, pretending that I'm not nervous. What a waste of time, because the end result was absolutely amazing. It was somewhere I'd never been, I'd seen, seen things I'd never seen before, and I was so happy. I was happy that I'd done it, but I was just happy with the view, and it was an amazing place to be, an amazing landmark, one that I would always want to have climbed, and one that I would hate to have sat on my deathbed and said, I wish I had done that. Embrace the fear. I could have failed. I, I could have not gone in the lift. It would have been okay. It would have been fine if I didn't do it. I'd have tried. And I'd have kept trying. I'd have probably gone back in five, ten years time and tried again. It wouldn't have made any difference to that day if I'd gone up or not. But I know I would have regretted it if I didn't later in life. The thing is, we all fail. Or we will fail at something. Or multiple things in our life. I guarantee it. But if we're not failing, we're not trying. Embrace the fear. To have what you've never had, you have to do things you've never done. So you need to be clear on what your goals and your visions are. Then you need to work out what the steps are that will get you there. What does it take to transition from where you are right now to you living your dream life? It will mean you have to get uncomfortable. I can guarantee that as well. You'll get uneasy. You'll get scared. It might mean making new friends moving to new surroundings, or spending some money. But you have to do whatever it takes now so that those goals, dreams and visions are not leaning over you on your deathbed. Embrace the fear.
Make changes today that are going to make you proud later in life. Because once you're on that deathbed, you won't get a second chance. The time is now. Whether you're 20, 30, 50 or 80, the time is now. Embrace the fears. If you need some help, guidance and advice on how to embrace your fears and how to live your best life, Season 2 of The Path to Happiness starts on September the 2nd. With the doors open from August the 1st, it's time to take control of your own nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, your habits, relationships, environment, work-life balance and so much more to start to live your dream life and be the healthy, happy person you've always wanted to be. With a mix of one-to-one coaching and intimate group coaching, you can join a small community of like-minded people within the path to happiness and begin your own health transformation today. I do understand that spending time and money on yourself can be a big thing. It's maybe not something you're used to doing and it might even feel a little bit selfish. But if you really want to be the healthiest, happiest version of you, it's time for you to invest in yourself now. Sometimes it can feel a little bit like jumping off of a cliff. But imagine if you jumped off that cliff and you realised you could fly. That's just one of the amazing comments I've had from the ladies in season one of The Path to Happiness as the realisation hit her that she had been neglecting her own health, her own life, her relationships and her own happiness for far too long. Season two opened on the 1st of August with 25 spaces available. We're now down to 17 spaces left. So if you really want to make a change, if you really want to be that healthy person you know you can be, now is the time to grab a place on the path to happiness. And if you sign up before the third week of August, you can take advantage of the early bird offer as well, which will get you a bit of a discount coming in. And you'll also get a free consultation with myself before coming in and joining the program. So you don't have to join online. You can talk to me. We can find out if you're a good fit for the program, if the program's a good fit for you. Totally free of charge. And who knows, you might even pick up some good help and advice in the consultation itself. So head over to the show notes. Find the link there to the Path to Happiness. There's also a link there for the free consultation with myself. So grab that. There's no limit to the free consultations. I'm speaking to hundreds of people at the minute. Make sure you're one of them and make sure you don't miss out on your chance to improve your health, your lifestyle, your relationships and your life before the end of the year.